Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, wherever you are. I'm grateful for your presence. I hope you're doing well. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about anxiety. Uh, anxiety is uh, something that has been given a lot of attention of late, especially recently due to the exposure of mental health and the importance of mental health. Anxiety is something that has affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what anxiety is, um, how it manifests itself, um, and provide a couple of different ways to address anxiety and the ways in which it affects us on a daily basis. I uh, will first give you a definition. So anxiety is a natural, normal reaction, bodily reaction that everyone has uh, when facing a stressful situation. It can be nervousness. It can be um, that feeling that you feel in your in your stomach, in the pit of your stomach, um, sweating when having to face certain situations. Anxiety is something that is instinctual in humans. We have developed anxiety as a means to protect ourselves from danger. When we, as a species, were beginning to understand that self-preservation was important. Um, anxiety is the way that we kept ourselves safe. For example, stepping out into the pitch black woods. Picture yourself stepping out into the pitch black, pitch black woods. What does that do to your body? It makes you feel fear, right? What's out there? You have no idea. You don't know if you could be eaten by a wolf or a bear or attacked by a, a rival tribe. This is normal. This is something that will keep you safe, right? Naturally, you're not going to do something like that because you know that the possibility of entering into a dangerous situation is there. Scientists call this fight or flight. Um, and have recently added freeze to this. Now, when anxiety is hindrance, when it stops you from being able to do things that are considered normal, and by the way, normal is, is uh, the definition of normal is different across the world. However, when um, anxiety is stopping you from doing things, that's when it's that's when it's an issue that needs to be addressed. For example, many people have difficulty with public speaking. Won't do it. They won't. They will not do it. Um, it can be speaking to uh, someone who they may be interested in romantically. It can be defending yourself. It can be um, applying for a new job. It can be. It can be a lot of different things. 
when your anxiety, when your nervousness is stopping you from being able to do things like this, that's when um, you need to find a way to move yourself forward. Because if you're holding yourself back, then you're not fully mentally healthy. Presence is something that I like to talk about when I, uh, when I work with my clients, um, when they're having anxious thoughts or, you know, they're nervous about certain, certain situations. And this may not work 100%, but granted, you have to understand that coping skills are like tools that you put in the toolbox. Now, if I asked you to build a house using just a hammer, you know that it's impossible to build a house with just a hammer. You cannot face life and deal with situations with only one coping skill. You need to figure out which coping skills are going to be able to help you, especially when you're dealing with um, nervousness and anxiety. Um, and not everything is going to work 100% of the time. So it's important that you get to a point that um, you're able to utilize and try out different coping skills and find the one that's right for you. But needless to say, um, presence is a big one, right? So if you're dealing with a situation that is nerve wracking, it's stopping you from being able to physically or mentally move forward, finding a way to be present. I like to talk a lot about box breathing. So if you haven't, um, if you've never heard of box breathing, box breathing is, um, inhaling and exhaling for a count of four and feeling those breaths in and out. Um, another way to um, find presence is the five, four, three, two, one method um, using your senses. So find five things that you could see in the room, four things you can touch and name them out loud, three things you can taste, two things you can smell, um, and so on and so forth. Um, and you can mix and match. So five things you can taste if you're in the kitchen or five things you can hear or one thing you can touch or whatever. But it's all about trying to center yourself into what is going on. Um, planning is another really good way. Having a plan. So um, not allowing anxiety to get you to stop yourself from moving forward is the key. Now, there is a layer that a lot of people do not necessarily, it's, it's not on the forefront, rather it's not directly observable um, or spoken about, is how anxiety can be transferred down from generation to generation. Maybe you have um, good coping skills, maybe you've had a great life. Maybe you've dealt with situations well, and for some reason, you just cannot do certain things. Anxiety can be transferred down. A prime example, and I'll give you a personal experience, is I suffer from anxiety um, at night. I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know <laughs> I do know why, and I'm going to tell you. Um... Now, my mother grew up in a really rough area in Brooklyn, New York, um, and her brothers, my uncles, 
were gangsters and they were out in the streets and they were doing terrible things to terrible, you know, causing chaos. And the nervousness that was in my mother's home, that retaliation or revenge was there, right? Thinking that somebody was going to come crashing into the house at a certain point in the middle of the night was a very real situation. Now, my mother didn't do anything like that, but the nervousness was there and it built into her. Subsequently, my sisters and I share that same nervousness. I've never done anything to hurt anyone. In fact, it's the opposite. I've, I've prided myself on trying to find ways to help heal. Why do I feel nervousness that at night that someone's going to come crashing in? Because my mother felt that. So these are things that happen to us as individuals. The key to um, working through that transgenerational, or rather that generational trauma or anxiety um, is to acknowledge it and understand that we need to ask for help. So think about it for yourself. Is there anything that you think that you can work on on a personal note, right? Think about how your uh, your family life was, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. How do those situations connect to the ways in which you process your everyday life and the way that you look at situations? How does it how does it make you feel? If you can answer these questions, you're on track to health. And if you cannot answer these questions, I would recommend that you find support um, in, in either, you know, reaching out to a counselor, a social worker, a mental health professional to help you make sense and connect those dots so that you can begin the process of getting you through that anxiety uh, where you're able to live your life fully. So that is anxiety. Those are a couple of ways to deal with anxiety. Um, and that is, that is it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate your support. Please like, share, and subscribe, and I hope you all have a blessed day.